Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I don't know about you, but I have this picture in my mind of when I retire and what that looks like. And part of it involves a beach, a hammock, probably a Vespa. I don't know why I've never ridden a Vespa. I've never owned a bicycle with a basket. But there's something that I romanticize about the freedom of that. All right. So that does beg the question. Okay, well, if you like that idea, why don't you just live that way now? Well, I don't think I would ride a Vespa around the city. Um, That seems like not a good way to live to retirement. Okay, what about a motorcycle? Okay, well, stereotypes of motorcycles, are they safe? What would you do? It's Canada, months of the year, so on and so forth. So for some light conversation today to talk about it, um, we wanted to bring on uh, Paul McGeechee. He's the executive director of Motorcycles OK on the board for Motorcyclists Confederation of Canada. And the first thing that uh, people are going to say, hey, is Paul a biker? (laughs) As in uh, the kind that we see on documentaries. And that's one of the stereotypes that, that, that we kind of run into here in this, isn't it, Paul? Uh, yeah. Are you a biker? Uh, no, well, I technically, yes, but, you know, from the whole, you know, you know, don't look at me the wrong way on the highway way, no. No. And, in, you know, we've had a lot of discussion on that lately of just that idea of, you know, do you buy it for that image? You know, I would say the, there's a, uh, to quote an old phrase, a silent majority that just likes to ride them. Yeah. You know, they're quite happy to see them from, they enjoy them from A to B. They don't necessarily want to be uh, uh, overly heard. They want to follow the rules, wear the right stuff. And that's the group that will carry the day. You know, the other, what we call sort of the recreational group, they'll do what they want to do. And there's, you'll never stop them. Those kind of people do everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know? What's the best part? Of them? Um, well, I mean, you I ride a motorcycle. I mean, you, one thing that I've learned from people that do ride, they'll say it's the, you know, the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, long side road trip. Some people say just in the middle of the day, you know, getting around is convenient. People have different opinions. For you, what's the best part? Very much. For me, and, and you know, they often hear that expression of living in the moment. Well, to me, riding is the antithesis of that, that whole sense. Because if you're not in the moment, you may be in danger. Mm. Uh, and, and nothing gives you that exhilaration of just, you know, you have to be all there, or it's just not a very safe thing to do. Yeah. You know, and good riders, there are times when they're just, if they're not mentally sharp, they won't ride. You know, well, some people have that common sense. Well, what is the, uh, you know, what can we tell people today? Because in conversations sort of about motorcycles, I mean, the, in Canada, we clearly have the season issue in most places. Plus, there is, um, you know, whether it's uh, pickle gravel, like the pickle mix or the sand and all those things, Messy roads is another issue. So is it different being a motorcyclist in Canada? Is it something that we should consider? Um, well, certainly it is. And, you know, we have a wide range. Like you say, East Coast probably has a shorter, shorter season than we do on the West Coast. Um, but at the same time, it would be equivalent to, say, if you bicycle. You know, no. if you're looking at alternate forms of transportation, you're going to ride your motorcycle as often as you ride your bicycle. Hmm. A lot of it will depend. You can sometimes, I would argue, you could probably winterize yourself on your motorcycle at safe ice. And then nothing works on two wheels very well. Um, you can winterize yourself probably a little easier on motorcycles with heated grips and the right gear and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, you know, I would say in most, you know, probably barring an odd season, you can ride six months out of the year in Canada, hmm. which is, you know, if you argue from the point of transportation, that's not bad. 
You know, yeah. to go from, you know, if I take my car and I carpool, but if I on for six months of the year, I have some individual freedom and I can take my bike and, you know, if I have it to drive to work, I can have a smaller parking spot. I pay a fraction of the parking rate. There's a number of things I can do. Yeah, and the conversation today comes from that place. It comes from a place of, you know, with with the shutdown and the don't go to work, there's been an awful lot of people that have been reevaluating where do I live? What kind of home do I live in? Do I need space for an office or do I maybe just need a bigger house? Do I want to spend a million dollars to be close to downtown for a tiny little place or do I want to spend a million dollars for a gigantic place that's 45 minutes away from downtown, depending on the city that you're in? That that Those conversations have started. In addition to that, there's been an awful lot of people that have gone in and said, well, ride sharing was my jam. I used to use my car to go or my Uber to drive myself or get a ride, but I'm not quite sure if I want to jump into a close spot with a stranger anymore. And that's going to be how I access my transportation. Does motorcycle transportation become part of the conversation of opportunity now where people may not want to drive into work five days a week, but a couple days a week, maybe a motorcycle is more feasible. Yeah. And you're seeing that. And certainly a lot of the stuff I know on our, our board level from the Motorcyclist Confederation, we have had a number of discussions over the last little while on, a, on a, quite a national level. Uh, the idea of, um, you know, as in Europe, where you're seeing a much more aggressive approach there, where they're saying, you know, it's, um, their argument is people are going to look for alternatives to trans, trans, you know, public transit. Mm-hmm. And so whether it be bikes or motorcycles or more cars on the road, the argument to policymakers is you should get a handle on this. You should either, you know, incentivize people to do it correctly, take the right things. And, and you have to remember out of this whole equation, we're generally pro-bicycle. We, you know, people often think motorcyclists don't like bicycles. Well, that's not necessarily true. We have much more in common than we have differences. Where, you know, it just anything over about three or four kilometers, you know, for many people, bicycles just don't make sense. You just, you know, it's often, if you have the commute of three or four kilometers, great. But so many people out here, what is the average commute out on the West Coast is about half an hour. You're probably not going to bike on that. But you may take a power two-wheeler. Well, and that, that goes, like you say, all the way from a Vespa to, you know, a larger size bike. Yeah, and, and that's been part of the conversation. We've had so many safety conversations about scooters, electric scooters in all the cities. And so yet electric bicycles, you know, kind of be like, everyone sort of looks at them like, it's a thing that, uh, it's a bicycle. But then you get an electric scooter, and now all of a sudden people are worried about on the sidewalk, off the sidewalk, all those kinds of things. Then we have bike lanes. And, you know, I mean, there's a million arguments around Canada of how bike lanes get swept before the roads do if it snows in the wintertime. And so yet we have this conversation about motorcycles that doesn't seem to continue. Is that because low ridership? Do you think it's a safety issue? Are people concerned about that most? Um, as far as, you know, why, sort of why it's not sort of an... You hate to use words incentivize, but that's sort of a yeah. policymaker's term. Common, not as common, or at least a, like a an option for why people don't say. I mean, would you go to some Asian countries? I mean, motorcycles is everybody's natural go-to, right? It, South Asian question. countries, without yeah, without question. I mean, they're efficient. They're more efficient now. And if people don't know, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the Livewire, the Harley Davidson Livewire in person? Oh yeah, it's a nice piece. <laughs> oh, 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 it's expensive, but boy, oh boy, if you don't know, Harley Davidson has come out with the Livewire. They had it at the motorcycle shows this winter. It's a fully electric motorcycle that just—it's kind of a looks a little bit like a crotch rocket for its styling, but it's still got that traditional Harley Davidson thing to it, and it's amazing. So. The efficiency of these things is also changing. 
and and the other big player for anyone who's looked into it, um, the zero brand motorcycles, zero standing for zero emissions. That's a full electric bike. Have been at it probably longer than anyone. And if anyone's ever wondered, like, if I don't want to get a live wire, was a pretty big bike. Zero motorcycles tend to be more commuter styles, mm. and I've ridden them, and they're just amazing to ride. It's this, you know, they they behave like a regular motorcycle, but they go like crazy. Um, and as you know, you can with virtually no emissions. They are, you know, their everything is advantage of. Uh, argument that they could be in bike lanes if they weren't so big. You know, they just they are everything everybody wants them to be. It just comes around to like all EVs. Where do you charge them? Where do you park them? All those kind of EV management issues. Mm-hmm. But as far as the product, they work. I thought, you know, again, they're not real cheap like most electric vehicles aren't, but yeah. they are incentivized as most vehicles are. So uh, it's a way out there. It's certainly an option. Well, and it, it seems kind of crazy, really, Paul, when we talk about it and saying, you know, why are we spending our time how, figuring out how to put enough batteries into a giant SUV so it can be electric versus the flexibility of a motorcycle, the power to weight ratio, all the things are are way more in line with what everybody says is is the new world of being responsible, you know, in and around the environment. Exactly. You know, if you're, and especially for, um, let's say, for the, the sake of this discussion, if you're looking for uh, alternatives to a transit system that's going to be a little under pressure until there's some sort of vaccine out there, that on a commuting run, even about for, if you're, say, half an hour, 40 minutes, ideal, you can be on vehicles that uh, they do everything right. They have ABS, they have traction control, they have the safety devices. If you're wearing the right gear, have some training, which, you know, you think, in most cases, I would say most new riders I find are taking training. So given all that, you know, it's actually a pretty effective way to get to your office or yes. wherever you work. And you can put them, park them almost anywhere. Uh, you know, it's like one of the the jokes when I drive around, and, uh, if I'm somewhere in a car picking up stuff and I see a motorcycle taking a car spot, I hate that. <laughs> park on the sidewalk. We don't care. You know, don't take up a full car spot. Or if you do, you have four of you use one car spot. You know. It's amazing. I uh, I, di- I will admit, okay, so I grew up my beard this winter, big, long, bushy, way too white of a beard for a 45-year-old, and um, and there was something in my DNA as a man that changed about when I sat on a low custom-painted lowrider at the motorcycle show, it was like this eggplant purple metallic thing, and it was like something came alive in me. I've never wanted a motorcycle, Paul. It's never been my jam. I've always been a ca- uh, convertible kind of guy, and yet something turned on in me that I had never experienced before. What do you say to people that are tempted? How do you tell them to get in, get on, get on and learn? that came up. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, it's and weird. motorcycle shows are a great time, place to start to take a look. And like I like to say, I throw a leg over one. Uh, and it's true. You know, I, I have an example of my nephew who was um, lives in Toronto. So he thought he went through the whole formula. Boy, I'm going to school, and just even though it's six months to ride a motorcycle, seems a great way to get along. So I said, he went to the motorcycle show, he threw a leg, and I said, well, I could do this. And I said, okay, take training. He did. He took one lesson and said, this terrifies me, I can't do it. Oh, wow. I said, exactly. That's exactly what you should do. There is a point where, and I like to say, at some point, some people should not be on two wheels of any type. Yeah. It's just, I don't credit the scooter. Some people shouldn't be on four wheels either, though, Yeah, exactly. You know, that same, (laughs) when you put that same person on anything else, same story, same result. Oh, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, resources locally, they're different provincially across the country, so I guess just seek it out locally for training. Is that how that works? Um, typically, and most of them will have, uh, certainly out in, uh, in, in, on the West Coast, the Insurance Corporation having a monopoly has it's the best starting point for a licensed training. Outside of that, it's, uh, I dare say, it's, I mean, 
the world is full of Google it and see what you get. Is that yep. not a bad starting point? And also your local dealers. You know, most of these guys, as you found, you'll probably find if you're into them, pick your product and you gravitate to going, I kind of like how this motorcycle or scooter looks. So you yep. go to that dealer and they're usually well in contact with you know, anybody who trains. They know who they are. They know who the good people are. And most of these guys have been in for a long time because they love to do it. And the right power for the right job, that's important, too. Paul McGeechee is the executive director of Motorcycles OK on the board of Motorcyclists Confederation of Canada. Thanks for sharing your love with the bikes, buddy. Great, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.